Love is familiar. Love is a devil. There is no angel but love. William Shakespeare. Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violin Vice. If you guys could do us a favor, hit the subscribe button or give us five stars. You can say what you want. It just really helps us move up the charts. We'd really appreciate it. But who are we? Well, I'm John John. And I'm Adi. Hello. Hello. We're your hosts <laughs> for this evening. Um, and this week's episode topic is H.H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. So, John John, how much do you know about H.H. Holmes to start off with? Well, my name's John John, and his name's H.H., so there is a natural connection. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, he's an interesting one, and he's actually uh, pretty famous to stay over from us, but uh, in Illinois, mm-hmm. he had a thing called the Murder Castle. But before we get into it... That's such um, a cool name. <laughs> it is. It is a really cool name. Um, I want to kind of preface this episode saying a lot of the evidence that was obtained, uh, was, um, kind of exaggerated and everything. And I took my research mostly from newspaper articles and everything. So where it might seem. Yeah. They don't exaggerate at all though. Those, those are reliable, very calm, very relaxing sources of information. Well, at the time, it was like uh, the world gossip, like our, basically our TV. So, I mean, some of it, yeah. I, I know it will come off as exaggerated, but I did try to stick with newspaper clippings, uh, reports, and H.H. H. Holmes's own uh, confession himself. So, um, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I figured that was probably the best way to do it. And I want to start off with uh, his backstory and how he grew up and everything. So juicy details. Yeah. All the juicy, de- really juicy details. Yep. All the juicy details. So to start off with H.H. H. Holmes has been known as a murderer, a carn artist, a liar, fraud, husband, father, and of course, serial killer. H.H. H. Holmes was born Herman Webster Mudgett, May 16th, 1861. That's an unfortunate name. It is. And it's not H.H. H. Holmes. As you'll no. come to find out, he has many aliases that he went by. Um, <laughs> but I he mean, was I went bo- too. My last name was Mudgett. It's, yeah. It doesn't seem super cool. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah, no. <laughs> M- M- Mudgett is an interesting last name. Um, but he was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, um, to Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodore Page Price. He was their third, uh, child. He had an older sister, Ellen, an older brother, Arthur, younger brother, Henry, and a younger sister, Mary. Big family. Big family. They were a big farming family, uh, that were actually devout Methodists, so pretty religious Hmm. as well. There you go. 
Yeah. His family was pretty wealthy. As a child, like, he did show signs of high intelligence, and his interest in medicine actually stemmed from a bullying dispute um, that he had with some childhood bullies. This this encounter included uh, that a group of uh, schoolboys dragged him to the local doctor's office uh, to confront Holmes's worst fear at the time, which was the skeleton there. Um, and it scared him so much, but at the same time it captivated him, and that's what led to his interest in medicine. Probably an adrenaline rush. You know, it probably was. Like, he was apparently terrified of skeletons and, like, death up at this point, but it was kind of turned into a morbid curiosity. Yeah. I mean, technically, everybody's just a walking skeleton, so... Yeah. With a, with a meat suit. Mm-hmm. And then the next, uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're good. I just, I, I just kind of registered what you said there for a minute. Um, so the next, uh, piece of information is actually disputed between sources, uh, that his father was actually abusive and that Holmes liked to trap animals and perform surgeries on them. There's a couple of articles that I read that said that this was true and a couple that said that even though it's speculated, there's no evidence. Um, and some of the articles also speculated that he killed a childhood playmate. Well, um, like if we're going like with profiles of serial killers, that would fit. It does fit the bill, which I think is where a lot of these articles are getting uh it from but with all the interviews and like the newspaper articles that i read um a lot like this wasn't confirmed in those so that's Mm. why i'm just saying you know hey some sources do have this but it's not confirmed by a lot and um a lot of the like confessions and everything that i have read um that that wasn't part of it so i just wanted to you know say like hey this is a disputed fact well, I mean, it's also, what, like the early 1900s, so forensic evidence and being able to record all that's probably not going to be top tier. So, yeah. 1860. If it was today. But yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was yeah. today, then yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't. Anywho, mm. um, so at the age 16, Holmes graduated from high school and took teaching jobs in Gilmanton, um, and later in nearby Anton. So, in July 4th of 1878, just a couple years later, uh, he married his first of many wives, Clara Loverling in Alton. Um, and again, forgive me for my pronunciations. I'm doing the best we're, I can here. <laughs> we're from backwoods, Wisconsin, so, you know, pronunciation isn't our strong suit. No, but we try, uh, and we do it with a smile. <laughs> and unless they're like Lakota-type words, because that's just the name of towns around us. So yes. anything besides that. Yeah. 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 Um, We've got so... funny accents. <laughs> <laughs> like in you. Um, yeah. But so Holmes and Clara had a son named Robert Loverine, Loverine Mudgett. Um, he was born February 3rd, 1880. Um, hmm. Around the same time, he also enrolled in the University of Vermont 
in uh, Burlington. Yeah, Burlington. Uh, but he left a year later um, due to lack of interest, apparently. I mean, sometimes you just you do it because you're told to. And maybe Vermont just wasn't for him. He is a mudget, after all. <laughs> true, true, true. Sorry, the cat was getting... Um, Sabrina's just causing all sorts of mischief today. Sabrina's my <gasps> we, Our first guest star. <laughs> it is our first <laughs> guest star. Um, she was literally clawing at the door. So, uh, just letting her in. Anyway, um, and then in 1882, so the year after, he attends the University of Michigan um, in Department of Medicine and Surgery. So, while enrolled, he worked in the autonomy lab uh, under the chief administrator. Um, Holmes had apprenticed in New Hampshire under Dr. Newman and uh, was noted as an advocate of human dissection. Yeah. Wasn't that kind of, like, sketchy at that point? It was, um, because this was part of, like, the grave robbing and... uh, uh, schools right. of medicine were uh, in need of cadavers, so this is always kind of a taboo topic. That's okay. Science needs risks to progress. Apparently so. Years later, he was suspected of murdering during this time, um, but this couldn't be confirmed for cadavers. Um, and To he... be fair... To be fair, he was studying dead bodies, and if there weren't any dead bodies, the only solution would be to make them. And while I don't condone this, makes sense. Yeah, but during this time, he did (laughs) condone... Sorry, just moving past that comment. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Um... Uh, he did confirm years later that he used to disfigure the cadavers during this time and take out insurance policies on them and then claim that they died accidentally through various uh, methods and means. Um, before graduation in 1884, um, though, housemates described Holmes treating Clara really violently and she took their son and moved back to New Hampshire. Hmm. Well probably fair yeah i don't i don't see why that would not play out the way that did gotcha yeah i i mean yeah at least she got out and moved away uh, when stuff started going bad like kudos to her yeah one of the lucky ones so after graduation he moved to moors forks new york during this time, because he was seen with a little boy who disappeared, um, and Holmes claimed that the boy went back to Massachusetts, um, but he quickly left town after the boy's disappearance. So well, that's sketchy. Yeah, no, total sketch. Um, <laughs> so, and it was also speculated that he did this t- for uh, to hide from all the insurance scams that he pulled earlier on during the, his college career. Oh. Uh... Yeah, probably, probably good to get out of town if I was him. Mostly with that kind of stuff. They can't find you. They can't arrest you, I guess. I think. Yeah. But what was weird about this boy's disappearance, though, too, is that no investigation ever took place. So 
he just kind of hightails out of there um, without having pressure there. So, um, huh. a little flighty. Well, I guess uh, that kind of puts more, I don't know, more emphasis on what was needed back then or what was lacking, I guess. Because I guess maybe like that combined with child labor laws not being in place, at least not fully yet. Kids weren't getting as much rights as they are now. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Sketchy. Yeah, just sketchy. (laughs) Um, So after he left, he traveled to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and he got a job for just a few days at the Norston State Hospital as a caretaker. Um, But... He didn't really like this job or couldn't really keep it. So a few days later, he got uh, a position at a drugstore. But, oh. I, yeah. Like, no, why? Why? Pharmacy. Well, like, he was in a hospital, which is where he would like to be, but he just didn't like that job. Yeah, it's just uh, that he couldn't either hold the job or just didn't like it. So he. Uh, got a position at a drugstore maybe okay bear with me on this yeah i like i can see that like he probably could hold down the job because it was in a place that he liked but because he was a caretaker he wasn't dealing so much with the dead bodies themselves he was instead doing the opposite of what he liked to do and keeping them alive which probably was reason enough for him to just find something else Right? Does that make sense? It does make sense, but there's also, like, a bunch of angels of death that I'm hoping to cover later on um, in this podcast. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, where they do work at the healthcare system and then take advantage of it. So, I'm, I mean, all speculating wildly here. Um, Yeah. I'm just assuming that he got bored and maybe got into trouble, but I don't really know. He's also, like, known for smooth talking and charisma, so I I just, Ah. I'm not quite sure why he didn't like the state hospital job, but, um. Oh, well. Anyways, back to the drugstore. Yeah, as, like, a pharmacy. Uh, A young boy actually died from taking medicine uh, that he purchased at the drugstore that Holmes gave him. And uh, Holmes pretty much immediately left the city after that. Oh. Okay, that one could be viewed as, like, some sort of mistake that he made. And, like, giving the boy either the wrong medicine or too much. But still, Mm -hmm. that's, like, another unseen-from-again young boy, which doesn't help in most cases i don't know do you think that was on purpose or an accident i i want to think that holmes probably killed more than what was confirmed because he did confess to 27 murders and only nine uh were confirmed but newspapers Uh at the time actually suspected upwards of 200 so that's kind of why i'm thinking that he did kill more than what was let on well, why, why the young boy, though? I mean, is he gave him medicine, and so essentially, like, poison him. I just think it's a matter of escalation, because he went from 
kids and early on if the, he did murder these two children to yeah. pull like uh adult women which is definitely in my opinion an escalation of targets and whatnot yeah but almost they always have some sort of reason like maybe the boy either looked like his son and that made him angry or maybe something about the boy just made him upset and like through no fault of the boys i wouldn't say that he would just kill him for absolutely no reason even if it's a deranged reason it's still a reason it just might be an exercise of power though too uh that he had oh, over the boy I, like i didn't even think oh the boy that. needs medicine i got poison here you go like that t- type of thing yeah i didn't even think about that yeah oh that's mean yeah <laughs> to put it lightly i guess that's not good yeah oh, okay so he took off after the pharmacy after that mishap so this is when he actually like legally changes his name to hh H. holmes um, okay so like it's official he might have gone by it before but now it's officially that yes okay um so uh while this is all still going on he's still married to Clara, and in 1886, Holmes actually mar- marries another woman, Myrta, um, mm. in Minneapolis, Minnesota, no less. So, pretty close. Oh, yeah. Wait, um, no, so, okay. Hold on. He he never got a divorce, but then he married another woman? At this point, yes. He actually filed for a divorce a couple weeks after marrying uh, Myrta, um, alleging infidelity on Clara's part. However, the divorce was never finalized, and Clara was actually never informed that he filed even. So he is married to two women at this point. Well, the church is not going to like that. N- no. I, 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 <laughs> I don't think he is very religious anymore at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> So I'm going to skip ahead just for a second and then come back. Um, it just, the timeline is a little bit easier to track if I do that. Um, okay. So Holmes had a daughter with Myrta. They actually moved to Willamette, Illinois. Um, but Myrta and the daughter, uh, Lucy, uh, spent most of their time in Illinois. And Holmes actually spent most of his time in Chicago. Oh, so like he would travel between the places or would he like have a place in Chicago and then go back every once in a while? I think it was a go back every once in a while because not only was he married to Myrta, but he also married Georgina Yoke uh, January 17th, 1894. So Holmes is married to three women. Um, and he married Georgina in Denver, Colorado, while still being both married to Clara and, uh, Myrta. Ha. Weird. Yeah. And I just want to check really It's a lot of anniversaries to keep track of. Yeah. No kidding. Like a lot of anniversaries. Probably wasn't a good husband. Probably not, nor a good father, because he also has two <laughs> kids. That he's never around for. 
a deadbeat dad. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, needless to say, Holmes is a player with three wives. So, time to rewind a little. August 1886, Holmes is in Chicago and walks into Elizabeth S. Holton's drugstore on the corner of South Wallace Avenue and West 63rd Street in Inglewood. Hmm. So, due to his charm and knowledge in medicine, uh, Holton gave Holmes a job, and he proved to be a hard-working employee. Um, some accounts state that after Dr. Holton and uh, his wife sold uh, Holmes his drugstore, I'm going to say his drugstore because it is his, uh, that Holmes killed them. But other accounts state that they actually lived a long and happy life, so I don't count these as part of his victims. I wouldn't. But um, after he got the drugstore, Holmes purchased the empty lot across the street from it. And this would turn into the three-story building known as the Murder Castle. It's still still a cool name. It is I'm a really sure cool day. They should make a like a horror movie based on that alone. Yeah. And so if you go to the blog on our website, there's several depictions of this murder castle. There's one photograph. Uh, there's a couple illustrations with all the different rooms and workings of it. Um, and it would... And just to kind of give a little pretext, uh, he built this thing almost a decade after the Great Chicago Fire. So Chicago is still in the midst of rebuilding the entire city. In a way, um, helping small businesses, mostly yeah. construction companies. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, so originally it was uh, supposed to be a two-story mixed-use buildings with apartments on the second floor and retail spaces on the first. So kind of like if you go to any small town, downtown area, there's always like the re retail stores on the main floor and then apartment buildings on the top upper levels. It's kind of like that. There's like a lot of like sitcoms where a person has an apartment above a deli or something. Yeah. Sort of same concept, right? Yep, same concept. Awesome. So, on to your earlier comment. He never paid any of the architects for the steel, and he would regularly fire the architects and builders so that no one would really know the entire layout of his castle but him. Well, that's, um, that's shifty. That's yeah. real shifty. Yeah. The third floor was actually added for the great world fair that was held in chicago for like hotel rooms um so we could capitalize on that uh, um, and so was, sort of like a uh early 1900s late 1800s uh airbnb type idea third floor is hotel second floor is apartments first floor is the different retail spaces so like each floor is kind of separate you know while I understand, it is still a weird concept to me being a country bumpkin, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take you to downtown Chicago. <laughs> it's big and scary. It was. When the, the skyscrapers look like they're coming in towards you, it's a little weird. 
Uh, that makes me feel nauseous just thinking about that. Not oh, a fan. It's a fun city. So, right. like, he was able to fund this through investors that he would never pay back. And he borrowed all the furniture for the hotel and decoration on credit. Um, and there's also this little snippet about a giant safe uh, that he built the hotel originally around. Safe before. Like, I yeah. don't remember all of it, but, like, I think, like, he had it, like, tested for soundproofness, right? Soundproof, airtight, um, and I, I'm not quite sure if he had gas vented into it. Um, I I know, like, we talk about it later on in my notes. Um, oh. Yeah. Creepy. But, like, he literally made this safe into a room uh, that was airtight, and, of course, it only locks from the outside, so once you're in, you're in. Um, well, it is a safe, and I think that's how most safes work, right? Yeah, okay. but but um, when the people that own the safe wanted to like you know take it back, he's like, sure you can take it back, but anything you wreck in my hotel or castle, I'm gonna charge you for. So they just ended up leaving it because it the whole place was literally built around the safe. Oh, that's a huge dick move. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the nicest fellow, you know. <laughs> no. I would never want to work with that guy. Ever. That just sounds like just problem after problem. I mean, nothing ever comes back to him. Yeah, well, well, we'll get to one of his workers a little later on. You're just oh. hitting all my key points there, but it's, it's great that you're seeing them. Well, we'll get to him, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so besides that safe uh there were hinged walls fa- like false partitions many doors and a lot in like one room and some rooms with no doors at all um he had a couple secret chambers uh uh there's a room that was lined with iron plates uh to stifle sound so kind of like early soundproofing of a room there were also grease shoots throughout the building that led to the basement. Um, and these were not yeah. laundry nor tra- trash shoots. I'm um, guessing this has something that's like Sweeney Todd-esque tied to it. That's just my opinion. At yep. least the vibe I'm getting off of this. You, you are totally picking up on the right vibe there. And there was actually several interesting rooms. So the safe we talked about. Um, and it was airtight or it could only be locked from the outside. Oh, and it does have gas pumped in, so he did vent Ooh. gas to it. All um, right. There uh, were others that, like, once entered, you uh, can be blocked in with no escape, so, like, trap doors from upper rooms, that sort of thing. Um, oh. And homes... I'm, go ahead. I would assume that those rooms aren't ones that are, I guess, lived in. Maybe rented, but not lived in. Because... At least not I long. Mean, yeah, well, oh, okay. Blowing <laughs> <laughs> you, I couldn't just pass it off. There, there was a dark undertone to that joke, Adi, and I love it. <laughs> Very dark undertone. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, uh, I'm having a dad moment where I tear up a little bit. No, that's fine. Uh, laughing at my own joke. <laughs> it's 
It's not like we're talking about a house where multiple people were brutally tortured and murdered that makes it any weirder that we're laughing so much about it. But, you know. <laughs> if we can make light of a terrible situation and get information across, the like, it just astounds me, though, the architecture behind this building. Like, as an engineer, I would love to, like, see all the secret passageways and everything that are built in. Like, old houses with, like... I mean, hidden doors and hidden rooms are, like, my jam. So I went down a, like, deep rabbit hole. And, like, granted, I'm just covering the surface in this podcast. But there are so many things cool yeah, with like this I'm, murder castle. I'm stuck on the colored picture of the inside of the house. And just, like, the f- I'm constantly getting, like, nostalgia memories of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Like, this, is, this just screams a Scooby-Doo scenario. No, it does, but the art that artist depiction of it is so cool though cuz she has so many interesting details. Yeah, I mean the little people in it and all that stuff that's pretty cool. And, yeah. I mean, I think I see where the safe's supposed to be and there's like secret beds and like several different staircases that don't make sense to me and there's like a maze type thing I think he used to like peep on people. Yeah. He's he was creepy. He was creepy. Um, yeah, this kind of also, like, it reminds me, or at least the construction of it reminds me of the Winchester house with, like, stairs leading to nowhere and doors to brick walls and everything, but... That would be annoying. We'll cover that another time. (laughs) Okay. Um, so, Holmes' own apartment, uh, was outfitted, uh, with these buzzer alarms, uh, that let him know like when people opened certain doors or stepped on a certain step so Holmes could be uh, informed about where certain people were and like if somebody was gonna either walk in or find something that they shouldn't. And then in Holmes's bathroom, there was a trap door that led to a windowless cubicle uh, to where there was another chute for a basement. So... Uh-huh. A little hidden room there. Now, we've been talking about chutes leading to this basement. Well, what was all in the basement? Um, The basement had a surgical table, a crematory. Um, There's an array of medical tools, torture devices, and vats of acid um, that police found when they raided this later on. That's not a good sign. Yeah, and... Kind of before we get into the victims, it was believed, like, this is where Holmes would kind of either torture, dissect, um, prep uh, bodies for cadavers and, like, still kind of do his old scheme, like, either insurance scheme or sell cadavers to uh, medical schools. Well, I mean, you don't just get vats of acid for no reason. I mean, yeah. Unless you're 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 gonna become a superhero or dissolve something. I, I don't know. Even if you're a superhero, it's not gonna be a fun time with acid. No I, no. I just I can't see that working out very much. And he had a crematorium. Yeah. So like a the, crematory, like he could burn bodies and at high but temperatures he like, and everything. He worked as like a pharmacist, not an undertaker. Yeah, he was a pharmacist, not an undertaker. It's a little that, weird to have a crematorium mm, in your, your building. Mm, yeah. 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 There's that there's no any reasonable explanation for that. 
now that we know what's in his murder castle, let's get to some of his victims. Oh. Yup. This is gonna get a little dark, guys. Um, so, <laughs> two of Holmes' known earlier victims were his mistress, Julia Smitty, and daughter, Pearl. And, like we said before, covering Holmes' wives, Holmes was a player. He wooed and, like, had relations with multiple women, and that led a lot of them into trouble. Julia and Holmes started their affair while Julia was actually still married to Ned Connor. And after finding out uh, about the affair, Connor moved away, leaving Pearl in the custody of Julia. Um, and both Pearl and Julia disappeared Christmas of 1891. On and, Christmas? Yep, it was on Christmas. <sighs> Not Christmas. It was believed that Julia wanted to marry Holmes due to Julia becoming pregnant with Holmes's baby. But... Um, Holmes Ooh. said he would only marry her if she had an abortion, and Holmes later admitted that she died during the abortion. Yeesh. That was their baby. Uh, it was presumed that he uh, later killed Pearl with poison, and there was uh, blood-soaked woman's clothes found near the operating table in the basement, which kind of validates that he might have performed or abortions. And then borns were also found in the basement of a child, and this was most likely belonging to Pearl, but they were um, too, I guess, degraded for the time to really know if it were, was Pearl for sure. Well, I mean, he did kill young boys, so it they probably knew it was a child, but weren't certain which one. I'm sure there were plenty of street urchins that probably ended up missing as well in this time. So that's probably mm-hmm. not as conclusive of who that could have been. And Ugh. to kind of go on your point, it wasn't like only street urchins. Like there were a ton of travelers coming to the city for the World's Fair that, you know, at the time, like it would just be like sending a letter to your parents or family like, hey, I'm going to the World's Fair. And then. They wouldn't be heard from for some time Mm. and he could basically get away with it because people didn't say like hey i'm staying at this hotel you can reach me by this phone number because they just didn't have the technology then people would just come to the city get a hotel and then uh go from there like they didn't necessarily know where they were staying ahead of time they just vanish yeah so like i mean the opportunity of homes like setting up this hotel for like a murder castle is there though again only nine were confirmed uh that he murdered but he had he, acid so i mean yeah he had the meat. that's mm, mm, with that and the crematorium yeah. and all that stuff he there's did have the means yeah um and uh, you can see a picture of Holmes's victims on our blog, too. Uh, Pearl is the only one that's not pictured, but uh, Julia and all the other ones that I'm going to talk about are on the blog as well. Ooh. I'm looking at them right now. I wouldn't say they're the most detailed drawings I've seen, but... No, they're just from uh, newspaper sketches. Yeah. But still, um... they all seem to have like a liking for the same haircut though well it's the style of the time well yeah but 
I mean, I can't really tell what color the hair is either. I mean, it's black and white. Yeah. But yeah. Still, though. They um, should bring that hairstyle back. Oh, boy. <laughs> Switch it with the pixie cut. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, <laughs> moving right along now. Um, Emma Line, uh, she is the next victim that we're going to talk about. She had been a secretary for Holmes, um, and they also had an affair. Um, she Ooh, was surprise, also, surprise. Yep. And she was also presumed to have died during an abortion. She disappeared December of 19, or sorry, 1892. Hmm. I'm, I'm starting to get a feeling that Holmes wasn't all that good at performing abortions himself. Yeah, especially for his medical background, you know. Well, he did, he does stuff mostly in terms of just medications and cadavers where that's not exactly right within the same field. No. And uh, granted, like the technology for the time was really bad too, but still. um, Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, Hmm. I do want to say though, Julian Emmeline's bodies were never found, um, as well as the next two victims that I'm going to talk about. It was assumed that he sold their bodies to medical institutions. Um, Hmm. And this was, again, this could be speculation, but one of the articles that I read from a newspaper uh, said that a witness cooperated. like seeing bodies being moved from Holmes's castle. Um, yeah. I mean, if he ever stayed at that place, you wouldn't be surprised if there was body-shaped objects leaving there. Yeah, moving right along, in early 1893, uh, one-time actress Minnie Williams moved to Chicago. She took a job with Holmes as a stenographer. Um... What's a stenographer? I believe this is kind of like a secretary as well. Like, just taking notes, doing invoices. um, Because Holmes was running a business throughout all this. Like, his hotel and apartments. uh, Is is that, like, the person in the courtrooms that is essentially typing everything up? I feel like that's what a stenographer is, right? I can look it up really quick. Yeah, a person whose job is to transcribe speech in shorthand. So, yes. Oh, okay. All right, so actress turned stenographer. Yep, actress turned stenographer. Um, so, through his charm and persuasiveness, after Holmes and Williams became romantic with one another, he convinced Williams to transfer the deed of her property in Fort Worth, Texas, to a man named Alexander Bond. This is one of Holmes's many aliases. Um, Holmes himself served as a notary for this transaction. Um, and then in May of 1893, Holmes and Williams uh, were presenting themselves as husband and wife, um, and they rented a separate apartment from the murder house in Chicago and Lincoln Park. Yep, though this marriage was never really validated throughout any of the articles um i think they just said like oh we're husband and wife now and it was like an unofficial ceremony so that's four now four if you count it though this one was probably the most unofficial okay but still four yep still four okay 
Um, so Minnie's sister Annie uh, visited in July of that year of 1893. She wrote to an aunt that she planned to accompany both Minnie and brother Harry to Europe, and Harry was what Holmes was going by to them. But neither Minnie nor mm-hmm. Annie were seen after July 5th of 1893. Um, and I do... Just because this all sort of happened at one time, I do have to take a step back and introduce one of Holmes's workers, someone that helped build the castle, worked with Holmes as like a side job, um, kind of assistance, and his name is Benjamin Peitzel. Uh, ben had worked, yeah. So your earlier comment about yeah, I would hate working for him. Well, oh, full circle. All right, full circle. Yep. (laughs) But, okay, um, he has to be either like Holmes or in in some sort of way, like an old time friend types thing. That there's no other way he'd be able to consistently work with the this guy. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so got it. <laughs> sort of. Um. So. Ben had worked for Holmes for several years at this point, and he, he became his assistant to Peitzel. Or, sorry. Uh, Peitzel became his assistant, Holmes's assistant. Um, and Holmes is known to both Peitzel's family, and he was considered a friend at this point. Okay. So, so not old-time friend, but friend. But a friend. Yeah. And it was assumed that Peitzel did do some shady stuff with Holmes, but... I knew uh, it. (laughs) But that was neither really specific, nor they went into it on most of the articles that I read. So we're going to kind of just go past that a little bit. Okay. Um, After the Williams sisters disappeared, uh, Ben accompanied Holmes to Texas, where Holmes intended to build another murder castle in Conmore Investors. Ooh. Well, I mean, if he did it once successfully, he would have confidence that he could do it again, maybe even better. And he yep. had assistant this time. So. Yep. And he had free land that many had gave him, so why not, you know? Um, Fair. So he borrowed from multiple banks, um, commissioning work at, on an IOU basis, and he laundered a lot of money. Um, one, though once the building was completed, he left so that the creditors wouldn't really follow him. Hmm. Before returning to Chicago, Holmes was arrested for fraud in Colorado and spent the remainder of the year 1893 in prison. Oh, they actually caught him for something. Yep. And then in January, uh, his wife, Georgina, I have to be specific. You wouldn't think I would need to be specific, but I do. Um, yeah, you're going to have to clear it up. One, two, or three. Yeah, yeah G- Georgina, his latest one, so three. Three, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, bailed him out of prison. Though during this time, uh, Holmes had gotten the name of a shady lawyer from an inmate um, that he could use in one of his many uh, insurance fraud schemes. And who else to, you know, help him out with that but Ben Peitzel. But uh, during the time that 
uh, Holmes was in prison, Ben, his wife, Carrie, and children, Desi, Howard, Nellie, Alice, and Wharton moved to St. Louis. So, after Holmes got out, he contacted Peitzel, who was hard on cash at the moment, um, and then told him of this insurance fraud scheme. Oh. That kind of sketchy. Okay. Yeah. And... Just to put this in perspective, Holmes got the name of the shady lawyer from the inmate uh, on a promise that he would give the inmate $500. Oh, and, so he got like an IOU in prison. Yep. And what do we know about Holmes and paying off IOUs at this point? It doesn't happen. No. And this will come back to bite him. But I just wanted to make that. No. Lying to a person <laughs> that helps you in prison. That... That sounds like nothing bad could ever happen from that. Yeah. Not even slightly. So, kind of <laughs> going back full circle on the whole cadaver thing, Holmes Ooh. convinced Ben to take out a life insurance policy and saying that, hey, you know, we'll just grab a cadaver, make it look like you, and then you and your wife Carrie can have this money as long as you cut me in, you know, as part of the deal. Ah. Um and he had to explain it to Carrie um, as well mm. uh, um, just to make sure that she was okay with the whole scheme. Yeah, I mean, if she was going to be involved, she should know the details. So I'm guessing that didn't go over great. Yeah. So uh, Peitzel um and Holmes were rented out this space and uh Peitzel kind of grew impatient for Holmes uh to find a body hmm. and Peitzel was known for drinking and so he started drinking and drinking and then Holmes started giving him more drinks and when Peitzel finally passed out uh Holmes gave him a legal or sorry a lethal dose of chloroform Okay. That's yeah. Instead different. of finding a ca- cadaver, Holmes killed his basically only friend. Um, yeah. Oh and boy. Holmes, at this point, actually tried to stage his death as an accidental explosion. Like, he tried to burn the body and everything, uh, hmm. but he did it very, very poorly. Do you but, know in what way? Uh, I think just like lighting his clothes and everything. But, but it didn't really matter that he did it poorly because everywhere that I read just said like, oh, he tried to stage the body and it was so bad. Um, but the uh, coroner at the time actually bought it. Um, okay. Only... Yeah. But like, okay, so staging the, like he burned things down, did stuff to the body and then put it in the burn place. I think he just burnt the body. He didn't actually burn the place, and that was why it was kind of a yeah. Bad that setup. doesn't yeah. Okay, I I I can follow that. That was just laziness. Yeah. Probably um, drunken laziness at this point, because I mean, if you you're with a friend who's drunk, it's not fun being sober. So. But I don't think Holmes actually drank during this because he, he knew what he was doing. I mean, lazily, but he he still okay. Yeah. Well, I'll believe what I'm going to believe. And he was possibly slightly drunk. Okay. Please do. We um, do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, the only thing that 
was kind of a matter is at the time Carrie and the majority of the family were actually sick at their house at this part but someone needed to come up and identify the body so uh 15 year old alice peitzel uh came up and fidelity mutual insurance paid uh carrie seventy two hundred dollars so seven thousand two hundred dollars um but she Mm -hmm. gave holmes five thousand of that after he told her ben had owed him that much oh the dick yeah not a nice fella no but oh okay so a sick child identifies her dead father and then the guy that did it takes five thousand from a seven thousand two hundred total yes Uh, but the thing was is they thought ben peitzel was still alive at this point um and then yeah because you remember they were supposed to identify a cadaver yeah but oh okay oh uh, this is gonna get messy oh yeah but holmes actually did a great job of juggling it for at least a couple months um and because the whole family you know thought he was still alive this presented uh a huge problem for holmes and the whole family knew too much Mm-hmm. so Holmes convinced uh basically the family that it would bring too much attention uh if they all came at once to see Ben Peitzel so uh besides Alice uh Carrie sent uh two more of her children to Holmes uh to see their father she sent 11 year old Nellie and 8 year old Howard to join both Alice and Holmes um uh... Her eldest, Desi, and youngest, Wharton, uh, stayed with her. Okay. So, how did Holmes do it? Well, from September 28th to November 17th, he successfully navigated eight people and three groups across the Midwest and Canada without anyone knowing where the other parties were or what Holmes was doing. So, just to kind of clarify what the three parties were, uh-huh. It was Holmes and his wife, Georgina, at the time. Okay. Alice, Nellie, and Howard, the three Peitzel children. Yeah. And then Carrie, Wharton, and Desi, the rest of the Peitzel family. So, three groups of three? Or uh, his wife and child were just two? It was just Holmes and Georgina. That was the only group of two. Oh, okay. He didn't have the kid with Georgina. Okay. With other too many guys. wives, too many yep. wives, too many wives. <laughs> um, but I guess juggling all those probably made this part a little bit easier for him to comprehend. But I wouldn't say that it's a good thing to be able to do or yeah. should be doing. But like he, so he was moving his wife around, moving with... the three kids around. Were the three kids with his wife? No, the three kids were on their own, like, as a separate group. So, like, Holmes would take them from place to place and rent out a place for the kids to stay at. All the while, while they're supposed to be meeting up with their now dead, but supposed to be alive father. Yes, so this Ah. is the juicy part that I'm getting to about how he did it. So, um, they traveled from Cincinnati, Ohio, to Indianapolis, Indiana. 
and then to Detroit, Michigan, to Toronto, Canada, and then to Ogdensburg, New York. Ogdensburg, New York. I'm sorry again for the front pronunciation. I, I couldn't even tell you. Um, and as he would, they would travel, he would tell the family that Ben had just skipped town and had left instructions to meet somewhere else. Um, and for months? For months. Like... Uh, he at this point Holmes is actually paranoid that people were following him, and believe it or not, he was actually right. So he kind of expressed this fears like, "Oh, they're catching up to us." Like you know, you want to make sure that you guys still yeah. keep the money and all this stuff. So as the time went on, um, out of the group of three children, they started to lose family matter or family members and alice would constantly write letters to her mom and wonder why like she wasn't writing back she would give them to Holmes uh to mail out but he never did Uh um at one point alice wrote howard is not with us um when she was in detroit michigan and the girls were last seen both alice and ellie were last seen in toronto so I'm going to skip a little bit ahead to um, after the investigation was launched where they were all found and everything. Okay. Uh, Just to kind of have a continual storyline. I'm going to mentally prepare myself for this conclusion. Yep. Howard's (laughs) charred... (laughs) Sorry, this is bad. Um, Howard's charred remains were found in a chimney in the cellar of a house Holmes had occupied for three days in Irvington, um, in October of 1894. And then Al- Alice and Nellie's bodies were found in Toronto um, after they were dug up in a cellar in one of the homes uh, <sighs> that Holmes had rented. Jeez. And also, when they were in Vermont, Carrie found a hole that Holmes had dug, and she believes that was intended for her, and Holmes was going to kill her. Whoa. But by this time, Holmes was so paranoid uh, he was being followed that he didn't carry it out there, even though he had told Carrie to meet him in the basement um, to see Ben, uh, her husband. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So a close call for Carrie. So out of the Peitzel family, who still stayed alive? So... Carrie, Wharton, and Desi are, are alive. Only those three. But the other three that went with Holmes, no. No. Th- those were the bodies that I just... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, the lone I... kids didn't survive, but the other, the rest of the Peitzel family that Holmes was still maneuvering? Did. it? The ones that were traveling with the mom did. Okay, so the youngest and the oldest lived. Yep. Okay, I'm following. Okay. I know it's a little confusing, but a lot of navigating. Yeah, no wonder this guy was paranoid. This is a complex web of lies. It is very complex. So that brings us to uh, when Holmes was arrested on November 17th in Boston. And his originally charged uh with horse theft from texas when he was living there but it quickly escalated to insurance fraud and then eventually murder once they found the bodies 
He essentially this... got got taken in because he stole a, a car. Yeah, and it's then... always a car crime with everyone. Right? Like, okay. Yeah. So like, I went you... from car to insurance to murder. That's not a very straightforward escalation. If you no. were the person first investigating this, it's just like, okay, we got you for horse theft. Do you want to confess to anything else? Murder. That's a hell of a step. I'm gonna. <laughs> it is. I'm you... gonna check up on some stuff first. <laughs> yeah, and I know I said I I got uh, a lot of stuff from Holmes's confession, but he didn't actually confess at first. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh boy, so I... essentially, it was a it was a build up, so. It was, and let me kind of get to it on all right. what all went down here um, blow my mind so this sensational story sent reporters and police flooding to his castle uh, where they found all the rooms and uh stuff that i had kind of went through earlier needless to say kind of the story took off a bunch of it was exaggerated and rumors just swirled of holmes's true number of victims i bet yeah i and I do kind of want to say that there is a bunch of small, like, conflicting details between reports, and I did do the best I could, like, stringing them all together. Well, um, that's, if people are interested, they'll research it themselves, and they'll come to their own conclusions. Yes. Yep. These are yours. Yep, these are mine. Um, so, but part of those discrepancies were, actually came from Holmes himself, so, Holmes, from jail, had published his memoir, Holmes's Own Story, which he originally professed his innocence. During his trial, prosecution had spent the better part of a year gathering witnesses um, and, like, evidence against Holmes when the defense had less than a month. Ooh. Yeah. So, frustrated with not only the case, but Holmes himself, Holmes's lawyers soon quit and Holmes agreed to represent himself. Because um, that's a smart move. Yeah, but actually, he actually did quite well and held his own. Wow. Uh, they kind of, like, equate him to a better uh, version of Ted Bundy when Ted Bundy represented himself in trial. Like, Holmes, huh. Holmes kind of held his own. Um, okay. And his lawyers eventually did return, but there were kind of several things that damned Holmes during the trial. Okay, uh, I'm listening. So, Carrie Peitzel's testimony, not only about uh, holding on to hope for seeing her husband, but reading all of Alice's letters to the court, brought the room to tears. And everyone was crying except Holmes. So... Hmm. everyone's thinking he's a monster at this point. Holmes kind of realizes his mistake, and so when his current wife, Georgina Yoke, testified against him, he openly wept, trying to, like, gain sympathy. Ah. So he was faking it. Yeah. So when the sentence came out, he was only convicted of Ben Peitzel's murder, not the murder of any of the children, um, and he was sentenced to hang. Uh-huh. But they were able to confirm more cases later. Yes. Um, okay. there, there was an investigator that tracked 
Holmes's uh, whole path that he took navigating in the Peitzel family. Mm-hmm. And that's how they found the bodies and the remains. Um, when uh, they uh, investigated the houses, they like thoroughly dug up kind of everything. Um, his two daughters were only found because there's a loose patch of dirt in the basement. And so that's what uh, the investigator was kind of doing. Okay. So, first, what he did with his life was get into cadavers. Then he got married. And then he got married. And then he got married. And then he juggled families. And then he was hanged. Well, we're not quite there yet. Well, what? Yeah, I I just said he was sentenced to hang. Uh, okay. Um, let's figure this out. What happened? So, through talking with reporters after the fact, he confessed to the 27 murders. Uh, but several people that he killed were actually still alive, which is some of the discrepancies that I mentioned earlier. Okay. Um, and in this confession, uh... He wrote a longer version of this, but the reporter kind of shortened it down, and it's kind of a famous quote uh, that he is known for. Um, okay. It is, I was born with a devil in me. Oh. Yep. So that little short phrase um, Holmes is actually really no- known for. So now, on May 7th of 1896, he was hanged at uh, the Philadelphia's Mayo Mazing Prison. Is uh, that where he was arrested, or was he moved there? I think he was moved there because he was arrested in either Boston. Uh, yep, he was arrested in Boston. Weird. For yeah. horse theft in Texas. For horse theft in Texas. And then insurance fraud. Um, and the reason why I should kind of clarify this the reason why i was paranoid that people were following him is because uh the fidelity life insurance uh got tipped off by his inmate that hey you know uh holmes is doing insurance fraud stuff so they sent Uh... out the investigator to follow holmes and that's when like his kind of life started to unravel okay okay yeah well but I do want to say that there were rumors that Holmes paid someone off to take his place and he like still lives and was out there. Uh, but his exhumation in 2017 confirmed it was Holmes uh, by his teeth. Okay. And I kind of got worried for like five seconds there. Yeah, I, I just want to address kind of who would I know <laughs> okay. before we start speculating wildly. Also that his great great-grandson thinks he is jack the ripper um that was also a thing uh-huh and now i know we're gonna be talking about the ripper in a later episode yes but i want to kind of point out that jack the ripper appeared right around the same time he was in chicago Yes, and so, that that is a lot of the conflicting information. I just thought it was kind of a fun fact to include. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Holmes is a well-traveled person, but I don't think he was that well-traveled. 
No, no. And one little last thing. Um, so after uh, Holmes's castle got flooded, um, shortly thereafter, it uh, started on fire and was completely burned down. Um, so where his castle was before, now it's a uh, post office. And there's a picture of that post office on the blog. Ah. I, I feel like there's something about that uh, post office I wouldn't like. I mean, there's plenty of room for, like, different mail chutes, so they probably utilized the entire space pretty well. But yeah. I'd probably still get weird vibes if I worked there. Well, like, I mean, the whole building completely burnt down. It's just... Um... Uh, yeah, like on the site, and they—I I believe there is a couple of paranormal investigations there, but I didn't really look into that a whole lot. So. Yeah, I still, even if it's the same place, and it's a different building, bad vibes. Definitely yeah. bad vibes. Yeah, definitely bad vibes. So. But what about the Texas one? Was that ever like built, or was just like planned and never started? Uh, it was completely built. I don't actually know what happened to it. Oh. I just know So there that could he... be could be some eccentric entrepreneur or billionaire that now has his own murder house in Texas. It could be. I can double check really quick what happened to it. Um... No, leave it a mystery. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Well, but, I mean, that's that's an yeah. interesting guy. That's H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense with all the documentaries on him. Because that is a tangled web with that unweaving would be just mind-boggling. I'm glad somebody else did it. Mm-hmm. It, it was really fun kind of exploring everything about the murder castle. I kind of went down one too many holes on like the secret passageways and everything. And I try to keep what was um, most consistent because there were quite a few exaggerations on that. But I just I like the whole concept of secret passageways and staircases and all that stuff. So I, well, I mean, like yeah. I said before, you and I grew up with Scooby-Doo on on boomerang and all that stuff so there's there's a special place in our heart for secret passageways and weird mm -hmm. mysteries and i mean if there was a house where, where you could go in one door and come out on the other side of the hallway i think we would end up like inevitably making a scooby-doo montage type sequence oh for sure Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's H.H. H. Holmes, everybody. What I want to know is, what do you think about, like, now that the story is done, what, what do you mm. think about it? Like, do you mm. think he killed more people? What, what, what do you... I'd say more than what's confirmed. I'd say probably slightly less than the most, I guess, humble newspapers. Like, clearly not 200. But... I'd say more than what he himself confessed to, whether he knows it or not. I agree. The only thing that throws me off is that he confessed to people that were still alive. 
So yeah. that's what kind of throws me for a loop. I like I don't know if he was just doing a couple of red herrings, but the number 27 is true or if he um like well, you know what I mean? I think I think there definitely would be more than what he said. The reason why I don't think I don't think 200 for sure. But with him confessing to people that were still alive, I think that was more just like to keep people invested in his story. Thus, essentially keeping him alive a little bit longer. Because at that time, he probably felt famous because newspapers all over the country were talking about him. And he wanted to stay in the limelight longer. So by doing that, he essentially would cause these people trouble because people were finding them saying that Holmes killed them. But then again, people might have the same name and live somewhere else. And he probably could have referenced somebody that he did kill with the same name as somebody who is alive. But I, I don't know. It was a different time, and we can't really scrutinize all these words as well because we're not there. Yeah. But that's my opinion. I think it was, I think it was all kinds of messed up. I agree. Um, like he had that. Again, he's related to Bundy in a lot of ways because he was charming, outgoing, had that personality, would woo women, and like, you know, just be kind of like this player. Like, I mean. Heck, he had like three wives and a couple of kids and um i just yeah yeah i i i think i i would want to say that the murder castle had more bodies um and i yeah i i i do think that more people probably died there for how intricate he built it and how like maniacal he he was about it like like with the buzzers of knowing where people were at certain times and having that whole setup like i just can't think that he only had the couple there definitely not and i'd probably say that he may have justified it as some sort of like security system type thing so people couldn't intrude and whatnot but i think it's what people would assume is for creepy purposes yeah. Like, because with all the secret passages and hidden doors and whatnot, he definitely was doing some weird, creepy shit. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. Well, that's fine. Good to know. We learned yeah. things today. Yeah. Some about murder, some about our own personal abilities. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that just about does it for hh holmes do you want to take us out john john well sure uh well thank you all for listening i'm i'm very glad i listened i learned some things so maybe you did too if you have other topics for us to maybe go over because i mean we don't know everything we are country bumpkins you can find us on facebook at violent vice bod- podcast as well as on instagram as violent vice Post podcast not pasta cast podcast i don't know why i say a pasta cast i think i'm hungry anyway we also have our twitter and our patreon which audi you 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 have the correct spelling for that 
Yes, so you can find us on uh, Twitter uh, um, at Vile and Vice, uh, V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. Um, and then Patreon, you can uh, find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. Um, and for Patreon, we have a couple bonus uh content for five dollars and above and if you want to support the show that's a great way to do it um we are just incredibly thankful that you're listening to us and uh can't wait to keep going on here yeah i mean any support helps but i mean if you want some of that exclusive content totally check it out i'm pretty sure there'll be plenty of fun extras as well as some bloopers i know there may be a few because of this episode but that's just me uh yeah look forward to see you guys next time have a good one thanks for listening thank you for listening to violin vice cover art is by audie griffith music by annabelle revac if you want to help support the show please visit patreon.com slash vice or give us five stars on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to this helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming thank you Thank you.